0: Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. And our top story today, could sustainable investing for retirement increase or decrease your investment? Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Bob Colley is with Colley ESG. Bob, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. It's great to be here, Jeff. I haven't
1: spoken in a while. It's good to talk.
0: It has. It has been a little bit of a while and you're actually joining us from the states so you're no longer uh right now you're not in England you're in the United States in in uh the the west coast
1: that's right it's split personality i'm i'm half american half english so you never know well, where i'll be next well that's that's awesome and i
0: hope you take advantage of uh, everything and you have a nice vacation or whatever you're doing all right bob i want to ask you the question that is often asked uh you probably hear it from your clients i hear it indirectly through reading articles could sustainable investing for retirement increase or decrease your investment. And I want to get your reaction to that statement
1: and, and get your thoughts on this. It's I mean that's a question that I'm sure you've asked about every topic that you've had whether it's this theme or that theme going you know small cap large cap whatever it is going back as long as you've been doing these programs every idea that comes up it's well, is it going to increase your returns or not? And as you know, The way markets work, as soon as somebody's figured out a pattern, that's in the price. And so we we can look at history and say over certain periods of time, it's been a really good idea to, to invest in oil stocks. And at other times, it's been a really bad idea to invest in oil stocks. And that's partly to do with the cycle of the industry. And it's partly to do with markets, price, new information, eventually. They don't do it instantly, but markets are pretty efficient. and They're good at putting price in there's a lot of new information coming out about ESG right now. So anything we learn about looking at the history of the returns from ESG, that's going to be different going forward, because the market is increasingly putting that stuff into the price.
0: Well, Bob, you know, there's a lot of negativity and a lot of or, and pro, pro-tivity on the issue of ESG and sustainable investing. We're not going to wade into the politics here. I think that's kind of below our our pay grade, we want to talk about things that we can actually look at that are substantive. Uh, I want to ask you something you mentioned and, and really appeals to me, which is any investment that you or a, a particular individual is going to invest in, he or she is going to ask that question to themselves and to their financial advisor. Does that asset class, does that particular investment mean it's going to increase the value over time?
1: Yeah. And, and so with ESG, I think we're, we're going to find periods when it it will deliver better returns and so we're going to find periods when it delivers worse returns and part of that is the natural cycle part of it is just that as things happen like you know, the war in ukraine no one really anticipated that suddenly oil prices go up that's going to help oil stops in the short term long term that might not be the pattern that's happening and so we're going to see ups and downs with the sg investing the one thing i want to say about the sg investing which, which applies to absolutely every investor. So, so whether you're very environmentally conscious as an individual, whether you think it's all a load of kind of overstated nonsense, wherever you sit on that, the one thing you have to realise with, with all of these factors is that they are financially material now. And so depending on the company you're in, it might be how efficient are they at using energy? Are they are they generating a lot of carbon emissions? Or it might be social factors. It is Is the board um made up of a wide range of individuals gender diversity racial diversity and so on is, is the board uh, do that does it treat its employees well this matters financially it's not just an issue of i feel good about investing in companies that treat their employees well there's a financial impact from how companies treat their employees and so in that sense esg investing isn't something that's kind of sitting over here as a different way of doing things Increasingly, every investor has to ask themselves, how is this company interacting with the world around it? Is it environmentally sound? Is it socially sound? Does it have good governance? And so more than this question of ESG as being somehow a new theme that's going to generate better returns or worse returns, it's a realisation that there are a lot of other factors that we need to start taking into account when we assess assess any investment.
0: But really great points, Bob, uh, I want to ask you about um, evaluation and, and you talked a little bit about, we have talked numerous times about transparency and data, and that seems to be changing. I know you look at the European Union, you look at the States, I think everyone's, the United States, uh, they're looking to get more transparency or provide more transparency, transparency develop standards. Um, that being said, how do you evaluate uh, the fund performance over time because in any new market there's got to be an evolution. So how do you how do you do a comparison with limited information today when you do that 5-year look back that that is so famous in the investment world.
1: That's right and so the, the point I think you're raising here is that that I mean on the bottom of every investment you know there's the disclaimer and and it's it's true this isn't just Kind of words that you're required to put there it's absolutely true that past performance doesn't necessarily tell you anything about the future and it certainly doesn't tell you you know if something's doubled every year for five years it definitely is not telling you that it's going to double every year for the next five years so you, you have to look at any historical data with a you know it's meaningful it tells you something it doesn't tell you the whole story and that's doubly so when it comes to something like ESG, where the landscape has moved so quickly. So you know, five years ago, what the ESG investing involved was basically, was trying to work out what information you even had. You were working with a very limited data set. Now, we're still not where we want to be, but there's much more data available. You have a better idea of what companies are doing, what their policies are, how they're approaching these questions. And so what was happening five years ago isn't really the same market that we're dealing with today. And so that track record from even back then is, is even less meaningful in this space than it is for any other investment.
0: Yeah. Bob, I want to ask you, you know, the, the debate that you and I have been a part of for, I don't know, since the beginning of investing, active versus passive. Is this an example where the manager, because it's a evolving market and there's not as you know, the information that I have may be very different from the information that you have as an investor? I think that the, the market's trying to change that, but it's taking Time is this the is this an area? And I don't want you to say whether one is better than the other. Where active could have an advantage over a passive or index product because it's so new.
1: Yes, uh, and and the thing with active and passive is not you know, is one better than the other. The the market needs and benefits from having the choice of both. And for some people, one's better. For some, for other people, the other one's better. So I'm not going to jump in one or other is always better. But it is when it comes to that mechanism that I've spoken about of putting the information into the price, it is the active investors that do that. You know, the, the passive investors are are stabilizing prices, but it's the active investors are saying, oh, this particular theme is overpriced, or underpriced in the market. And they're the ones who take the new information and put Put that information into the price so that's the role that the active community plays and it's a good role the market needs it um so so definitely yes that's when, when you have a changing um, landscape like this active investment it is definitely key to to making that work
0: and, and the investment industry really has changed i mean when i was growing up in this industry there was always these um and it's still to some extent the case but there are always like these asset managers these portfolio managers who were heralded as the next great thing. I'm not going to need them, but we've all, we've all heard yeah. them over the last 30, 40 years, maybe even longer. But really now with the need for all data and the need to use analytics, it's really a team approach. So the fact of the matter yes. is, is, Bob, even if you're the biggest pension fund in the world, which I think is a Japanese pension fund, you're probably not going to be able to meet XYZ company's entire team, the, the 100 plus yes. analysts that are covering ESG covering a particular sector of the sustainable investing uh landscape
1: absolutely and and, but this is this is just about every industry um or or every large industry the degree of professionalism that the the approach that's being taken it's it's evolved so much over the last 30 years the last 50 years it is just uh yeah the investment world is is not what it was um and there's Still, a lot of room for human intelligence, but it's human intelligence using machines. You, you know, some of the things that used to give you an edge in investing, the machines have taken that over. The machines also open up new ways in which humans can develop an edge. So it, it's still a human game, but it's uh, it's a humans plus machines now, as opposed to humans or machines. And
0: that, Bob, that is an interesting topic that I want to bring you back for uh, maybe next month. We could talk about the use of Artificial intelligence—that would be an incredibly interesting conversation beyond just sustainable investing. But Bob, I need to take a very quick break. As you know, we got to pay the bills somehow for this network. When we come back. We're going to talk about whether ESG and sustainable investing will solve all of our problems. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network. That will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa
2: and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I I liked what he was saying.
0: Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit.
1: I'm seeing the deletions, and I'm getting the report, so I know something's being done. It does
2: make a difference to me.
0: All it takes is one call to get started.
2: Credit Repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score.
0: Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation.
1: Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152.
0: Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Bob Colley of Colley ESG. Bob, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. It's
1: great to be here. All
0: right, Bob. uh, You know, a lot of people. We we had a great conversation about investing, whether or not the investing in sustainable investing can have a material effect on your retirement and your long term investing. That's something that people need to consider. I want to ask you about just stepping back. Is ESG and ESG and sustainable investing is that going to solve all of the world's most pressing problems, fuel, energy, war, um, inequity. I mean, I, I could go down the list. We don't have enough time exactly. for me to go down the list of all the problems.
1: On its own, obviously not. Right? But it, what it is, is part of that. You know? So I, I think, yeah, yeah, if you want solutions, the single biggest lever that we have as a society is governmental regulation. Right? and yeah, government can't fix things on its own, but it sets the rules within which within which companies play. And so that is a huge determinant. So government, single most impactful um part of the part of the system. But then you have corporations, what are they doing? How are they behaving? In- incredibly powerful. And yes, they react to the regulation, but they also set the tone themselves. So that's that's the second part of the picture then you have investors because they shape they set the rule or they don't so much set the rules that they um they set expectations for companies they say this is what we're looking for this is the kind of data that we care about and then individuals we're you know fourth on the list which is not nothing and we can influence governmental behavior we can influence corporations we can invest do investors so so if you want a hierarchy of who's going to solve the big problems it's all of the above But investors are in there. ESG isn't going to solve everything on its own. It has to work with companies, has to work with individual investors. So complicated answer, complicated system, but really everyone plays a part. ESG investing is a part of a big change that's happening in terms of how we're approaching a lot of these questions. And,
0: and Bob, you talked, I, I agree, it's it's not simple. Although we all like zero to one, I like I love simple answers as your as my wife will tell me, um, regularly, by the way. Let me ask you um businesses. Businesses, we talked about this in segment one. Businesses have really played an important role in changing their business practices. And and mostly it's large, mid-to-large-size companies, but they have really adapted some of these sustainable and ESG type policies into their regular business practices. So that really has a material effect on how they do business, how they treat their workforce, uh, how they produce their product. That seems to me an even more powerful uh, way of of dealing with some of these pressing issues is that the businesses are really taking taking a big lead here.
1: That's right. you could argue, well, they're only doing that because it was consumer expectation or, or regulation or, or whatever, so that you could say, well, they're only doing that because they're reacting to the landscape, and that's absolutely true, but that's how that's how markets work. When people want something, companies respond, and when, when companies offer something, people decide, do we like this, do we not like this? And so there's this constant cycle of kind of adjusting to the other parts of the system. And so, yes, what we're seeing, I, I think, is companies realising just how much consumers care and how important it is for the planet when it comes to some of these issues as well, that behaviour that we didn't even think about as being damaging 30, 40, 50 years ago, we now say, well, it it is damaging if if you don't respect the environment, if you're not going about how you use plastics, how you use carbon and so on, in a way which recognises that this is having an impact beyond what we're doing here and now. Um, then we're going to cause or continue to cause really big problems for the world. It's natural that you say, we now know this, let's see how we can change our business practice in a way, which is more consistent with the type of world we want to leave for our children and their children.
0: Bob, a lot of the businesses that are leading here in the pack tend to be larger corporations, uh, mid-sized corporations that have the resources. How about, at the the lower end, uh, not in a den- denigration type of way, but just smaller businesses, how can they get involved? Because I know you're a small business owner. I'm a small business mm-hmm. owner. It's tough to wear fifty different hats, one of which is how do we provide a more sustainable product or or service, right? I mean, it, it it's tough, but but most people, at least here in the United States, are employed by smaller businesses so it would seem to me that it's great to have these big multinational corporations and big entities doing it but how do we get or how do smaller businesses get involved as well
1: it it is amazing the extent to which uh, small things add up to something big you'd say you know does it matter if i put my glass bottle in the glass recycling bin as opposed to the regular garbage is that really going to make a difference well in and of itself, maybe not because it's one bottle out of however many millions are being re- recycled every year. But me doing that is a habit. It affects them because other people see me doing that subconsciously. It affects what they do. So what you're part of society changing. You know, we each have a responsibility to do what we can do. And so for the s- small corporations, you know, it, where the opportunities are to use greener, methods of approaching things whether it's using just less paper and we're all using less paper now than we used to right and that whether that was a conscious decision or not a conscious decision and some people are doing it because they decided we need to use less paper let's change these practices that then has the effect of making other types of reading material available so businesses respond and then once that's available well everybody else now has a choice well do I want to use paper as well so every time you take one action it's setting the tone for a lot of a whole lot of other actions so it's this interconnectedness of the behavior that we have which means that with, even with the small businesses what they're doing is actually feeding into the bigger picture and even having that mindset of I'm part of a bigger society, am I being a responsible citizen? Which we do automatically as individuals, right? You know, you, you know if you see a, somebody that needs help with their shopping or something, you don't just say, well, it's nothing to do with me, I, I, I'm not gonna help you. As human beings, we're trying to help other people as individuals, applying that same mindset to our corporate lives and saying, can we be good citizens as a company, whether it's a large company or a small company, that's a valid approach to life as well, and I think a better one.
0: Bob, and just to go back to something you mentioned about the efficiency of the market, I mean, markets are efficient, but they're also, it's messy. It's yeah. not, uh, you know, it's not a per, not a perfect system. I, in fact, we're human beings, so I don't know of any perfect market out there. I mean, I would argue that even the large, large corporate market, uh, large cap market is not As efficient as everyone thinks it is. Yes, there's reporting. Yes, there's information. But the reality is in any market, there's going to be inefficiencies. Those inefficiencies get pushed out over time, but it's not a, you know, a, a straight line from the beginning to the end.
1: Oh, we could talk about that all day that the you know this analogy that people sometimes use of the market is like this machine and it's got this algorithm of formula that's not how the market works the market is like a jungle it's nature it's it's an it's a living entity and and it behaves so yes it's kind of efficient but it's not efficient in in the way that the academics will say it is at all.
0: Yeah, well, I, that that's another show we should do, <laughs> Bob, I, because I think it'd be great to kind of step back and talk about efficiencies, maybe a little bit of an economic lesson. Bob, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great to see you. Enjoy your trip on the West Coast. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon.
1: That's been great. Thanks, Jeff. And that wraps up this
0: episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.
2: You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.